Praise the Lord. Praise King Jesus. Thank you so much, uh, praise team. And thank you, Drew Cathell, back on the drum box. Uh, what a great job he did uh, this morning. I want to welcome all of you that are uh, watching this morning, and I want to welcome those uh, from the Access Campus who are joining us as well this morning. As I look on our feed here, uh, we have even some from the island of Jamaica who are joining us this morning, and so we praise the Lord uh, for that. That is exciting. If you would, take your Bible this morning and turn to Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, and I want to preach a message entitled, And In This Corner. This week, uh, early in the week, as I was having my quiet time, uh, there was a verse that jumped off the pages of Paul's epistle uh, to Rome. It jumped off the pages and into my heart. Uh, I'm going to tell you why. It's because early in the week, I was looking for some good news. Wouldn't you love to hear some good news this morning? Yes. I mean, we have been dealing with the coronavirus uh, for a couple of months now. Uh, this shelter in place, uh, gloves and masks, uh, Lysol and hand sanitizer. We've been dealing with all of these things. On Easter, uh, we had tornadoes here in the Chattanooga area. And then also, earlier in the week, sadly, a mass shooting uh, there in Canada. And so I was looking, I was saying, oh God, King Jesus, I need a word from your word right now. And I was reading, as I said, in the book of Romans. And I want us to look at one verse of Scripture, and it's verse 18. Listen to this incredible word. The Bible says, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. Let's say that together. Are not worthy. What an exciting truth. The sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. You know, what we are going through as a nation and as a world, we can either endure it or we can embrace it and see what God is saying to us. We can just survive or we can truly thrive. This week, as I read this verse, I'm, I'm telling you, it put, listen church, it put a pep in my step and a glide in my stride. It really did. I want us to look at it one more time. It's just one verse. Look at what it says. For I consider, Paul said, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Let's pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this morning. Lord, I pray that you would show us truth from this text. Lord, I know that once you see truth, it is so difficult to unsee truth. And so, Father, I pray that as we try our best to unpack uh, this verse, 
that you would help us to see what we need to see. Lord, as we lay the groundwork in the first part of this verse, I pray that it will lead us uh, to the hallelujah, to the joy of the second part of this verse. God, I pray for clarity of thought, and I ask right now one more time, Lord, would you draw a circle around this preacher and let the fire of heaven fall, and we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. There are two things that I would like you to notice in this passage of Scripture this morning. First of all, I want us to notice together the cold certainty. The cold certainty. Paul, as he's writing, he says these words, For I consider. I want to let you know that that is, in the Greek, that is an accounting term. What he is saying is this, and don't miss this first part. What Paul is saying is, after I have added everything up, after I have balanced the books, after I have calculated everything, after I have computed everything, after I have deduced everything, after I have deliberated, after I have taken inventory, reasoned it out, and reckoned it out, he's saying this is the bottom line. I've summed it up. I've weighed all the options. He says, for I consider. When you look at that phrase in the Greek, we get our word logic from that phrase. And what it means is this. This is what it implies. I have no doubt. Isn't that great? He said, after I've thought about it, after I have added everything up, this is my firm conclusion. I am convinced. In other words, he's dealing with facts. He's going to be dealing with a factual statement and not suppositions. It's like if I stand up here this morning and say this, Cracker Barrel is the greatest place to eat on the planet. That's a fact. Amen? I can hear you say amen there in your homes. It's just a fact. It's, it's like this. If I say Maxwell House Coffee is good to the last drop, that's a fact. There's no way around it. Or, or, or this, water is wet or macaroni and cheese is of the devil. Those are all facts. Those are all facts. And what Paul is saying is this. After I've thought about it. Now, now don't miss this. This is incredible. He says, after I've thought about it, after I've considered it, here it is, for I consider that the sufferings, look at your Bible, that the sufferings of this present time. I love the fact that Paul doesn't beat around the bush. I love the fact that Paul does not pull punches. I love the fact that, that he does not play patty cake with us. He does not downplay or dismiss or minimize. He does not soft pedal or understate. He doesn't trash talk the fact that we do have sufferings from time to time. That is the cold certainty. And let me let you know what you already know, and that is this. Paul knew what he was talking about. In his writings, he said this, I was beaten time without number. He said three times I was beaten with rods. 
He was shipwrecked three times. He was snake-bitten. He said, I was cold and, and I was hungry. He said, listen, I was in danger in the wilderness. I was in danger with robbers and with thieves. And in, in, in spite of all of that, he could write this wonderful truth. He put it like this in another passage of Scripture. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, listen to these words. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, listen, will suffer persecution. That's what Paul said. If you're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, you will suffer persecution. Peter put it like this in 1 Peter 4.12. Beloved, do not think, listen to this, do not think it is a strange thing concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as some strange thing happened to you. In other words, we are going to go through trials in life. Paul is not talking about um, missing out on a parking place. He's not talking about forgetting to set your DVR uh, to record the Andy Griffith show. Uh, he's not talking about the fact that the Atlanta Braves are, are not playing yet. Uh, when he's talking about suffering, that word means affliction. That word in the Greek, it means agony. It means persecution. It, it means pain and, and hardship. Paul is up front and does not sugarcoat anything. And you know it's true. I mean, ever since the fall in the Garden of Eden, we have dealt with hardship. It might be financial concerns that you're having right now because of COVID-19. It might be health issues, or, or maybe recently you have lost someone that you love and you were very close to. Maybe it's natural disasters that, that have happened where you live, or maybe it's relational conflict. But can I, give you, can I give you some good news before the good news? I want to give you some good news before the good news. Look at what it says here. For I consider that the sufferings, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this, of this present time. That's good news. And what that means is that sufferings, listen, sufferings have an expiration date. That's what that means. They will not last forever. I'm a little OCD when it comes to expiration dates. I just am. I, I'm a lot OCD. And, and unfortunately, it stems from a, an afternoon where I had four Oreo cookies and I poured a glass of cold milk. If I'm honest, it was five Oreo cookies. But the cookies, that's not what had expired. The milk had expired. It was awful. It was awful. And, and from that moment on, I promise you that I checked the dates on everything, every time. And I'm so glad, I want to say it one more time, I'm so glad that sufferings have a shelf life. I'm glad that they will not last forever. You see, the cold certainty is this. 
that we will go through sufferings. You know that. Uh, many right now watching, you are, uh, you're dealing with sufferings and you're dealing with pain and agony and maybe you're right in the midst of a trial. Friends that are watching in Jamaica, uh, high school friends that are watching right now, uh, friends that are watching in Florida right now, uh, I know things that are going on in your life and in your hearts and, and I know that you are dealing with some trying times. It is a cold certainty. But can I give you the second part, and that is this. I want us to see this morning the colossal contrast. The colossal contrast. Look at what the Bible says. For I consider, after I've thought about it, after I've summed it up, after I've added everything up, I consider that the sufferings of this present time, listen, oh, are not worthy, are not worthy to be compared with the glory. Uh, what Paul is saying is this, when you balance the scales and you have suffering on one side and you have glory that will be revealed on the other side, there is no comparison. What Paul is doing, Paul is laying down the temporary next to the eternal. He's saying when you do that, there is no comparison. I love boxing. And I entitled this, And in This Corner. And I tell you what, all week long I've thought about this. And in this corner, you have a 95-pound soaking wet sufferings but in the other corner you got a 250 pound full of muscle grit and backbone the glory that will be revealed one day paul says it like this second corinthians 4 17 for our light affliction i love that our light affliction, which is but for a moment, there's a shelf life, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Right there where you are, can you say amen? I want to read it again. For our light affliction. You say, Pastor, Brother T, Preacher Man, it doesn't feel very light to me right now. Oh, when you compare it to glory. When you compare it to what we have that we are looking forward to as believers. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. There's a song that I've been trying to sing and couldn't sing it, so I've been humming it all week. That song is this, It Will Be Worth It All. Let me read, let me read it to you. It will be worth it all. Sometimes the day seems long. Our trial's hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur, and despair. But Christ will soon appear. To catch his bride away. All tears forever over 
in God's eternal days. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Listen to this second verse. I may get to singing. I don't know. At times the sky seems dark with not a ray of light. We're tossed and driven on. No human help in sight. But there is one in heaven who knows our deepest care. Let Jesus solve your problems. Just go to Him in prayer. Life's day will soon be over. All storms forever past will cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven, a harp, a home, a crown. The tempter, listen to this, will be banished. We'll lay our burden. It will be worth it all. I love the way that J.B. Phillips translates this verse. Listen to it. He says, in my opinion, whatever we may have to go through now, listen to this, is less than nothing compared with the magnificent future God has planned for us. Don't you love that? Listen to that. In my opinion, Paul said, whatever you may have to go through now, listen, is less than nothing. That's good stuff right there. It's less than nothing compared to the future, the incredible future that God has planned for us. Our sufferings in this present time are less than nothing. The glory, listen, the glory, he, he goes on, the glory which shall be revealed in us. That word revealed means disclosed or made known. When you look at that word, it means to make plain. It, it means to uncover or unveil. What he is saying is this, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be unveiled one day. You see, I, I can't hardly comprehend it right now. I really can't fathom it, and neither can you. I can't understand it all. When I first arrived uh, at White Oak Baptist Church 10 years ago, I was in my mid-40s. And all of our folks, uh, or many of them, talked about uh, being grandparents and how incredible being a grandparent was. And, and I could not wait to be a grandfather. I really could not wait. Um, I thought I would understand. I thought I understood how wonderful it was. I really did. I, I thought I comprehended it. I really thought I did. But almost four years ago now, listen, I became a pop. As White Oakers know, Leslie, my wife, she goes by Lolly. I go by Pop. And so my granddaughters, they, they go to Lollipop's house. And I tell you, 
Pop goes to their house quite a bit too. And there's nothing like, just listen to me, there is, there is nothing like being there and playing with them and, and then you have to leave. And Avery Kate looks at you and she says, Pop, Pop, don't go. Oh, I love that. So I slowly walk to the door. Pop, and then she adds this, please don't go. Oh, I tell you, that'll just, that'll just tear your heart out. That'll, that'll thrill your heart. The other day I was there, and my youngest, Emery Lane, she's about one. She can't talk yet, but I was holding her. And I had to go. I had to be somewhere. So I put her down, and I walked toward the door, and she just, she just sort of wobbled toward me and reached for me, and I had to leave. And so I closed the door, and I could hear she was having a meltdown. She really was. She can't talk yet, but I think I heard her say, Don't leave. You're the greatest pop in the whole wide world. I, I think that's what she said. You see, I, I couldn't comprehend how great it was. I really couldn't. I could not understand how great it was. My friend Dale Tudor often reminds me that we never had Grandparents' Day at White Oak Baptist Church. We really never emphasized it until four years ago. Uh, he reminds me that of quite often, and, and I guess there is some truth to that. But why is it? I'm telling you why it is. It's because I got it. I finally realized, I finally comprehended, and what Paul is saying is this, I want you to get this, that there is absolutely no comparison. Listen, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, it says this, For I am already being poured out, Paul said, as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul said this, th this, this touched my heart this week, I have fought the good fight. Sometimes life is a fight. He said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. He said, I fought the good fight. He didn't say I skated through life, picking daisies and roses. He said, no, I fought the good fight. I want you to know that the coronavirus may have sucker punched you and may have sucker punched me, but it did not sucker punch King Jesus. There's no panic in heaven, only plans. Jesus is not walking uh, on heaven's floor, wringing his hands. It did not catch him off guard. And in this corner, yes, we have the sufferings, of this life, but in the other corner, we have victory. We have a warrior, and his name is Jesus. As I was looking at this church, um, I really, I got a little biographical and I couldn't help it. I got to thinking about my mom. Um, where I live in Ottawa, downstairs in my office, 
I have pictures, of course, of my uh, grandchildren, my son and daughter-in-law, and and I have a picture over here of my mom and my dad. And as I was studying this, I, I just glanced up and I saw my mom, the picture of my mom. And I got to thinking, you know, she was really born with little of this world's goods. Um, she was born with little of this world's goods. When I came along, we still had little <laughs> of this world's goods. But she could stretch what we had. I'm telling you, she could. When I was in my teens, my mom was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis. And I watched my mother for 40 years deal with multiple sclerosis. I could tell you story after story. And then a year and a half ago, she uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And I watched my mom go from a cane to a quad cane to a walker to a bed from a wheelchair to a hospital bed. Time and time again, my, my dad would, would call me and mom had fallen in the floor. I remember one time Charlie Wilson and I had to go and, and uh, pick her up and get her up. I watched my mom go through all of this. And, and this week, I, just, I was just looking at that picture and, and I was thinking about born with hardly anything and, and suffered with MS for 40 years and, and stricken with cancer. And, and I began to put that on a, on a scale, and, and, and 73 years of struggling, I put that on one side of the scale, but on the other side of the scale, I put glory, and I began to think about what is she experiencing right now in heaven. She's not on a cane, I promise you that. She's not in a wheelchair, I promise you that. She is running the streets of gold the suffering of this world on one side there's a shelf life and you put the glory that we will have one day it will be revealed one day heaven and Jesus and splendor 10,000 years and we'll just be started 10,000 years, and we've just begun. The battle will be over, and the victory is won. 10,000 years, and we've just begun. Can I tell you something? I thought about one more thing about my mom. She was the most content person that I've ever known in my life. Even with all that she dealt with, I promise you, and this is not hyperbole, I promise you, every time I said, Mom, how are you? She would say, I'm great. I'm great. Every time. You know, I, I watched Mom when I would drop by, and, and she would be praying in her wheelchair, 
I watched mom giggle at my dad. If you know my dad, you know there's always an opportunity to giggle. She would laugh at, at things that he would say. And I can honestly say that my mother did not endure this life. She embraced it. I can honestly say that she did not survive. She thrived. And let me tell you why. Because of what Paul said, I considered it. After I've thought about it, after I've added everything up, I'm talking about facts. This is what I'm talking about after I consider everything. The sufferings of this present time, no matter what you're going through, believer, and no matter what I'm going through, they're not worthy. When you put them on a scale, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed one day. Paul said it like this in Philippians 1.21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. That day in November, um, a year and a half ago or more, I was holding my mom's hand on one side, my sister Donna was holding her hand on the other side. My dad was close by. And I watched my mother take her last breath on this earth. But I knew the next breath was celestial. I knew the next breath was heaven. And she could see Jesus face to face. And so friends in Jamaica, friends from high school, friends that are watching in different places there in your living rooms, your dens, or wherever you are, I just want you to know it's going to be worth it all one day when we see Jesus. I hope that is a blessing to you today. Let's pray together. Our Father God, in the name of Jesus, I bow before you. And Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, dear God, for... Um, what is so plain. God, I thank you for the Apostle Paul who was writing from experience, God. Paul had been through so many different things. And he could say from the bottom of his heart this wonderful truth. And I pray today, dear God, that no matter what we are going through, Lord, I pray that we will embrace the truth that Paul shared in the book of Romans. Dear God, we love you. We praise you. Lord, I pray that this scripture will come alive in our hearts and lives. And tonight, I pray that when we lay our head on our pillow tonight and we go night-night, God, I pray that our last thought will be this before we go to sleep. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.